Good morning, and welcome to Conversations with Buddy. We record these podcasts here at the Rec Podcast Recording Studio here in Kaiser, Oregon. We drop a new podcast every Friday morning with a new story that will impact someone. We hope that someone is you. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button, give us a review, and also share this podcast episode with your friends, family, and also on your favorite social media platform. We want to get these messages out to the people and to impact the world one testimony at a time. This morning, I have a guest and friend, and his name is Justin Arano. Welcome, Justin. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate that. I think you have a great story, and I can't wait to uh, just hear it. But let me just do a quick introduction of who you are. I know a few things about you, and then I'm going to read something I had you kind of write up a little bit, just to maybe share a little deeper story, and then we're going to dive in. Perfect. All right. So I know that you're married to a lady named Emmy. I am. How long have you been married? March was 14 years. Okay. So. And yep. you guys went somewhere. You guys went to the beach or somewhere. Uh, we did. Just a little staycation at the coast. So. Hey, good man for taking your wife away. No kids. Yeah. We visited some family down in California with the fam- with the kids. So. Okay. Got it. Got it. Uh, let's see. You have how many kids? I have a 12-year-old daughter, yeah. Taylor. Okay. And a son that just turned 10. His name is Parker. Taylor and Amazing Parker. Amazing kids. That's pretty good, awesome. Good, good kids. You love yeah. being a dad? Uh, it is unreal. Yep. It's unreal. Blessed, blessed beyond belief mm. with them. Yep. Well, I know that you did construction uh, with your dad and brother yep. for a long time. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, and that you're also a founder of Acres of Hope, probably with your wife. I'm guessing Emmy was yep. a part of that. Yep. yep. Okay. And then I just had you kind of just tell me a little, a little bit more about who you are. And this is something I learned about you that you're, I knew you're a twin. Yep. Uh, but the fun fact is that you guys were adopted at birth. That's interesting to me. And that's going to be part of your story, I'm pretty sure. So for sure, we'll let that unveil in a moment. Uh, you said we also have a younger sister that is four years younger than us. I just turned 40. It tells us that she's 36. Yep. Okay. I'm pretty good with math. Uh, I have a huge passion for outdoor hunting, fishing, and just being in the mountains and on the rivers. It's a place that I feel at most peace and closest to God. I spent seven years as a professional hunting and fishing guide in Alaska. I didn't know that, by yep, the way. It's yep. cool. My twin brother and I ran our family construction business for 15 years pre-COVID. Due to difficult family dynamics with, uh, with my father, I resigned in April of 2020 during COVID, and we launched Acres of Hope with my wife. And By the way, I know that was probably a challenging time when COVID was hitting a ministry that's supposed to be impacted in person with people, now all of a sudden you can't. So that's going to be yeah. an interesting thing, how God worked through that. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you're a co-founder and operations director, and Emmy is the CEO, so she's your boss. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> she was yeah. called for it. Let's call, so. let's call it what it is. Along with our incredible team, we operate the ranch to bring hope and healing to hurting families. The ranch is a long-term mentorship and ministry program for youth 12 to 16 years old uh, that that will get our conversation going. Yep. So here we go. Yep, so let's, sure. let's dive in a little bit. I think you're a little bit more practiced on sharing your testimony. So give us your testimony. I want to hear your story yep. and you deliver however you want. No, for sure. Um, first of all, thanks a lot for having me here, buddy. This yeah. is a, it's an honor to be on your podcast and really just share my story and uh, spread the news about the good work of Acres of Hope. Um it is, uh, it's been, uh, 
a dream and a vision of my wife's for about 10 years now. Mm. And we're just in our third year of operations. So just pause for a moment. I, yeah. You said the word vision. Yeah. And I've, I've thought a lot about that word vision because I think sometimes I'm guilty of setting daily goals, weekly goals. But without the vision, you might give up on the daily and weekly goal or the year goal because you're not clear. But a vision, your wife had a clear vision, apparently. And yep. 10 years later, yep. God has brought that to fruition. So I just wanted to pause and really think about the vision. If, if somebody out there is struggling with you know, f- doing whatever you want to be doing, I would challenge you to get crystal clear on what a vision looks like in 10 years and then reverse engineer your life accordingly no, for sure. through prayer, fasting, whatever. But okay, continue, man. No, yeah. So um, I guess I'll start pre-Acres of Hope. So um, I just turned 40. Uh, another fun fact, kind of my brother's and my birthday is New Year's Eve. My mom was um, medically unable to have kids, and that's why we were adopted. And four years later, she got pregnant and had a miracle baby. Um, and my sister that's four years younger than me, her name is Nicole. Um, her birthday is New Year's Day. So it's pretty amazing. That's my brother cool. and I are New Year's Eve. She's New Year's Day and always been uh, kind of a fun fun time of year for us. Are but, you guys close as a family? Um, I mean, you, I'm very close with my brother and my sister. Yeah. I, five minutes ago, I just got off the phone with my sister. She called me. She said, hey, I just wanted to say hey. And that's the relationship that we have. Wow. She lives nearby just north. Uh, she lives in Canby here with her husband and she has a two-year-old son. Yeah. So I've uh, been very close to her. She's an ER nurse at um, Randall's Children's. Hmm. Um and her husband's an engineer. So, nice. um, I've been in Salem, Oregon, my whole life for the most part, since I was five years old, uh, born in Tampa, adopted at birth. Uh, my family moved to Salem, Oregon when I was five years old. Um, grew up on a small ranch, uh, just outside of West Salem on 25 acres. Um, my parents divorced, uh, when I was 10 years old, approximately. And, um, you know, uh, I don't remember the divorce being like a, a, you know, at 10 years old, it's hard to kind of understand exactly what that means and what's going on. Um, and I, I always say, you know, the divorce was about as good as it could have been. Hmm. Um, uh, there was never any custody battles. We always could kind of go wherever we wanted. Um, I don't remember anything, you know, horrible about it. So as, good of a divorce could have been um that's how it was and uh, my mom moved down to kaiser and then back into west salem and we were we lived a great life we really did um in the early 80s um around 83 84 my dad started a local construction business uh western construction systems where we specialized in concrete and uh drainage work and um specialty, uh, construction. Uh, we didn't build houses or do remodeling. We did uh, structural repairs, earthquake strapping and stuff along those lines. And that's kind of the, the life that I grew up in, um, going to work with my dad, um, you know, after school or whatever in the truck at, you know, eight years old and my dad toting me around and showing me the ropes. And he was a, he is, he is, and was, um, a great dad and has a heart for teaching people. Um, he had his own nonprofit for a while and, Mm -hmm. um, just out of high school, my brother and I kind of took over the business. My dad stepped out a little bit and my brother and I ran the show together for about 15 years, uh, pre COVID. Um, during that time, um, I got married, um, to Emmy, um, 
and we had our two kids and, you know, unfortunately pretty much my whole life, I was unable to work well with my dad. We just butted heads, you know, he's a hardcore old school cowboy contractor and I have different visions and we just one way or another, we just always butted heads and did not work well together. And that's one of the reasons I think he kind of stepped out to allow my brother and I to kind of do our thing and grow the business the way that, you know, we had a vision for. And, um, 2016, 2017, my dad came back into the business. Um, and it, honestly just was not working out. Um, we were unable to have a father son relationship and work together and about a year pre COVID in 2018 or so, uh, my brother resigned. Um, I stuck it out as long as I could. Um, and then COVID hit and in April of 20, um, at the beginning of COVID when literally the world was shut down, contractors weren't working, everything was unsure. Um, I went into the office and had a meeting with my dad and kind of a normal morning. And we had one last blow up argument together and I walked out and never went back. So, um, that was April of 20. Um, and to go back a little bit. So I'll go back a little bit now and kind of talk about the vision of acres of hope. So, yeah. uh, my wife was a Salem Kaiser school district, uh, teacher for nine years and then a stay at home mom for about five years, um, as we were having kids and whatnot. Um, my wife went through some pretty significant trauma in her life um, when she was a junior, senior in high school. Uh, her dad went to jail for 16 years and uh, was an elder in their church. And she grew up in a small town, Amity, just went, or just north of Salem here. And it's a small town. And um, their life kind of blew up and changed forever during that situation. And um, horses were one of the things that got her through very difficult times in her life and good mentors and friends. Um, and you know, while she was in a, uh, teaching her classroom, she teaches seventh grade math and at a uh, school in South Salem here. And she'd see these kids in the back of the classroom, just, uh, you know, sitting with their hoodies on and never talking and maybe getting bullied or failing all those classes or just, you can tell their home life is just crap, you know? Mm. And it's like, what is that kid's story? How can we, how can, what can I do? And as a school teacher, there's only so much you can mm -hmm. do, you know? And, yeah. um, what is working in our society right now to, to help with these kids and what is not working. And she'd talk with other her mentors and other coworkers and stuff like that. And, um, God gave her this vision to pair herding youth with horses. Um, and she's like, what does that mean? Like, what am I going to do with this? And she prayed about it for a couple of years and she, we'd be talking about it. And we were on a small piece of property in West Salem and we had two horses and, you know, for a couple of years there, we were just kind of planning and talking and, you know, what does this mean? What, what are we supposed to do with this? And, um, as Emmy was a stay at home mom, it gave her some time to really look into it and dive into the word and, and pray like, Lord, what do you want from mm -hmm. me? What does this look like? And, you know, acres of hope was originally going to just be her thing, kind of a more of a hobby on the weekends type of thing. One or two kids just invite them over and, you know, just mentor into their lives. And it's not hard to find kids that need a quality mentor. It's uh, you just put the word out there and word of mouth. And um, so 
a couple of years go by. Uh, she works hard within a year or so. We, she gets her 501c3 status and registers our name. So she got the name of Acres of Hope through, um, I believe it was a book in Isaiah um, that says, I will lead her out of Heartbreak, Heartbreak Valley into Acres of Hope. And she was reading that and she's like, that's it, Acres of Hope. That's uh, going to be the name of our nonprofit. And um, was never supposed to be, in our plans anyways, uh, uh, an actual business, you know, and um, was not going to involve anybody. But Emmy, for the most part, just her vision. And yeah. um, there's a local ranch in Bend um, called Crystal Peaks Youth Ranch. If you never heard of them, look them up. Uh, Crystal Peaks Youth Ranch. It's a similar ministries to us, or, or we're a similar ministry to them. And there's over actually approximately 200 ranches worldwide that do biblical mentorship utilizing a horse ranch. Wow. And uh, we're kind of part of that organization. And Emmy went to a clinic there and um, a, a multiple day kind of retreat there and um, about teaching you how to do what they're doing. And, you know, it's a little bit of business and a whole lot of Jesus uh -huh. of, of what they give you. And she came home and she's just opened her hands. She's like, all right, Lord, like you take the wheel. Like, seriously, you, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And we're just going to start walking this together. Mm -hmm. And just a couple of days later, she was on a horse ride with one of her good friends. Um, and she said, Hey, you know, that, that barn down on the highways for sale, and, um, you guys should, you know, it was more, it's not like you guys should buy it or anything, but you guys should, you know, maybe consider that and pray about it. And I think it was the next day, Emmy says, Hey, look at this listing. And she shows me this and it's this beautiful, huge equestrian facility on 40 acres. And I'm like, why are you showing me that? That is definitely not part of our plan. And, um, we kind of brushed it off and Emmy kind of not really behind my back, but was talking to some other mentors about it and stuff. And one of, uh, her college mentors, uh, Deb was like, Emmy, you gotta try like, this is, this is, I feel that this is, uh, this is where you guys are supposed to be. And, uh, through a couple months of really praying and thinking about it and talking with people that we knew would pray about it with us, that would be encouraging. Mm -hmm. You know, most of our family didn't know about it right off the bat. A lot of our actually close friends, we didn't share it with them right off the bat. This was something that was uh, so far out and left field that, you know, if we're supposed to be there, then God's going to make a way. And um, we had a separate rental house. I had a rental house that, uh, I bought just out of high school with my brother that my mom, my, uh, my wife and I, I mean, I bought my brother out when we got married and lived there for a couple of years. And then we were able to keep that rental house and move on. And that was kind of my little part of retirement nest egg and to have a rental and, um, long story short, that was maybe May of 2019 and Christmas day, of December of 19, we moved our horses over to the property and signed on it. So, um, we sold everything in about 60 days and put all of our eggs in one basket and moved over there with mm -hmm. this grandiose plan to launch acres of hope. And then the world shuts down, you know, uh, uh, 
right away in early 2020, COVID hits. And uh, it was just a very unsure, difficult time like mm-hmm. it was for everybody. And um, we have uh, an amazing team and uh, board of directors that is just so encouraging. And we ended up launching the program in July of 20 with about a dozen kids or less, maybe 10 or 12 kids, mm-hmm. and quickly grew to a waiting list. And God has provided, and we've been on the property since. So mm. I resigned from construction in April of 20. That's right in the middle of uh, COVID and before we launched. And even then, I I was not originally going to be part of Acres of Hope. It was still Emmy's deal. Yeah. I was going to kind of take a year off regardless and kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And um, the Lord's provided, and here we are now. So, yeah. yep. Well, take me back a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, uh, now, and you, you and David are pretty close. Yep. If I remember right. Yep. You guys work together. When did you come to the Lord? Sure. Uh, and what is your growth in the last, I don't know, 10 years? And then sure. kind of now today, I think you're an all-in guy. I, I, in fact, I know you are. You're, you and I are in the same Bible study on Wednesday mornings mm-hmm. when we can make it. And yep. I mean, life's busy, but yeah, walk us through that journey. Like, what do you finally realize? Like, I'm all in. Yep. What that look like? Yep, for sure. So, um, I would say that my mom has been the the uh, Christian rock of our family. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of kept us going to youth group and high school, and that's uh, I grew up going to Day Spring Fellowship in Kaiser here, and uh, the youth group there, uh, just amazing. You know, the youth pastor there, and um, the connections and friendships that I had. Um, kind of helped to keep me on the straight and narrow. Like I grew up a pretty dang good kid. I think there were some times here and there where I was probably in a place where my mom didn't know I was or whatever, but like, you know, we grew up in the church and, uh, during that time, uh, middle high school age, um, 14, 15 years old, I think, uh, that's when I gave my life to the Lord at, at youth group there. Mm. And through that, you know, through high school and my young adult years, I would say my Christian walk and my faith has, you know, kind of been a roller coaster here and there, um, running construction, hardcore for 15 years, you know, most of my adult life, uh, is intense. And, um, some of the, you know, I don't know, it's uh very fast moving and it's, it's easy to forget about God. Sometimes it's easy to, you know, lose track of your Bible and a couple weeks or a couple months goes by and you got to go dust the dust off your Bible and open it back up again. And, um, it's through, uh, quality mentors that you stay in touch with and that can encourage you and be accountable for you. Um, that kind of helps you keep your focus. It's just, uh, life is so fast paced and distracting that, uh, we're human, you know, none of us are perfect and I'm the farthest thing from perfect, but, uh, it's easy to forget about God sometimes, especially when things are going good you know, Hmm. and, um, it's just reality for, I think most Christians maybe, or a lot of Christians. I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, for me anyways, I don't want to speak for anybody, but, uh, I found myself literally for 
getting about God. I'd even go to church, be going to church and have an awesome, awesome worship time and walk out of church and boom, I'm back into the world, you know? Mm. And, um, it's, uh, recogn- I've been on a journey. So I've been on a journey really last couple of years since I left Western and, uh, launched acres of hope of listening to God's voice and actually asking him to speak to me. And, uh, that's been pretty incredible. I have some good stories with that, but, um, I would say the last five years has been the closest that I've ever been to the Lord Mm -hmm. because I've been in a time in my life where I, I needed him more than I thought I did before. Um, and having to say, Lord, like, this is not my plan. Obviously we are here because you want us to be here and, um, this is your plan. So you're going to eat you have to, you have to take care of this. You have to provide. And, um, by having a personal and understanding what a personal relationship with Jesus looks like. So it's, uh, it's been that journey that I've been on really last five years and really last two years, you know, it's recent and I'm right in the middle of it right Mm -hmm. now. And, um, it's, uh, it's humbling and it's, uh, it's amazing. The peace, um, the peace and reliance and faith, um, has been life-changing for me. So, yeah. yep. I was just going to say, success rarely uh, breeds success. Success makes life easy when we're chasing stuff, but the pain and suffering is what draws yeah. us to the Lord. And yeah. God doesn't do it to us. He allows things to happen. And I think we're all learning on this journey of our faith and yeah. is allowing that pain to change us, to be mm-hmm. humbled, to rely on God and not self. Because relying on self is, uh, it's not very good. No, no, no. I've done that as a guy, been very reliant on myself. But but relying on God, God gives us a supernatural peace that that's really what we want. We mm-hmm. want the peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. And now I love this. Was there a, you said you came to know the Lord around 14, 15. Was there a mentor any time in your life that's made a huge impact in your life in the last 10 or 15 years? 20 years? You know, I don't know if there was necessarily one specific uh, man or person. Um, and you know what? When you said that, the first thing that came to my mind is my dad. Yeah. Honestly, he, you know, I don't like saying if somebody's a Christian or not, but he doesn't go to church. Um, he, but he taught me how to be a man Mm. so positively and negatively. Mm -hmm. Like I say, I am the man I am today because of my dad, because he taught me a lot of things on what not to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and what to do, you know, about caring for others and, um, and you know, just, uh, having eyes and acknowledging people when they're down or when they're going through a tough time and being able to help them and whatnot. My dad was always a teacher. Um, he wasn't a biblical man. He didn't lead me to the Lord. He never took me to church. Um, but he did other things that made me who I am today. Yeah. You know, my dad had, uh, um, difficult times with women 
You know, there's multiple times up at his house where throughout a weekend, three, four different women would be coming up and stuff. And, um, that's one of the reasons why my mom and dad got divorced. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to leave a different legacy than that. It's just reality. Like I want to be better than that. And, um, I, through my walk with the Lord, I've been able to acknowledge that and know that my dad was a great dad in certain ways, but I want to be a better dad to my son. I want to be the best possible dad to my son uh, and my kids and my wife that I can be. And that's what I'm striving for today. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to be, what does it mean to be a real example? Like, what does it mean to be an example in this community, in the world, as a husband, as a dad? And um, that's the journey I'm on. So, And I would say, as you be the example for your kids, I've said it before, I'll say it again, and it's not my original thought, but mm-hmm. the way your kids actually learn from you is how you take care of your wife. Yeah. How yeah. you love Emmy. Yeah. And they're watching you. Yeah. You know, what are you doing, Dad? Are you, you love a mom? You're mm-hmm. praying for her? You're reading your Bible? How? Show me. Don't tell me. Mm-hmm. So kids... Kids are paying attention more than you even know. So, so true. Well, it's interesting though, the legacy, you know, God, you know, he, he saves us, but then we have this journey of faith, this sanctification where he's making us more like Jesus day by day. And we don't know where that journey will go, but, you know, just, we all start out ignorant, you know, and then as we learn more about who he is and what he saved us from, it's pretty amazing. We have more appreciation more humility. And I've known you for quite a while, Justin, but uh, really got to know you in the last few months even. Yep, yep, yep. And really have enjoyed uh, just your, your friendship, your commitment to the Lord, your commitment to your wife, your kids, your ministry. Uh, you're an all-in guy. I mean, I don't think you, you're not holding anything back. You're a transparent guy. Uh, we're guys. We, we struggle with stuff and uh, we get to be real in Bible study and just one-on-one. So For sure. You know, uh, and today I get to take my family out to Acres of Hope and learn a little bit more about what you guys do. I don't know if you'll get me on a horse. I haven't been on a horse for at least a couple <laughs> decades, but yeah. I'm not afraid of horses. Just no. uh, uh, They're intimidating. They're, uh, yeah, I'm more like a motorcycle guy, no, you know? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to what you guys are doing, how you're impacting that, impacting kids and our kids are broken. And kids need, uh, they need love. And I think the way you guys use horses, horses have no judgment. Well, I mean, I guess they can sense if somebody's fearful, but they don't come with a preconceived judgment, I guess. Is it, how would you Correct. describe how so, a horse? You know, we, for one, we're so blessed with the herd of horses that we have here. And really um, our program, you know, mentorship and ministry, the horses are the real mentors on the property. And uh, we really believe that the Lord has built horses and designed and engineered horses to connect with people um, on a deep level. It is, uh, it's almost undescribable. You almost have to see it to believe it or, mm-hmm. or, or um, interact with the horse and to, to fully understand. And um, horses need a leader. So horses are herd animals. They can't function without a leader. And they also read uh, somebody's posture or how they're coming in, you know, if they're coming in all hot and 
mad or, or just got expelled out of school or they're being abused at home and they're all guarded and, you know, they're not confident in themselves, that horse is going to walk all over them, maybe quite literally. And to be able to teach a kid, hey, this horse needs you mm-hmm. and you, um, and to be able to interact with a horse uh, in a way that's gentle mm-hmm. and to gain the respect of that thousand pound animal, 1500 pound animal, um, that that horse can trust you and you're going to take care of it. Um, we've seen it again and again, you know, maybe weekly this kid saying, I never knew I could be a leader. Well, you were just a leader to this horse. Like if that horse didn't trust you, it wouldn't have let you do that, you know? And, uh, a lot of our horses, well, not all of our horses, you know, every horse has its own personality. Yeah. Some of them struggle with anxiety. Some of them struggle with different types of pain. Some of them have been abused in the past. And uh, the kids can relate to these horses uh, on a deep, deep personal level, you know, without using words, um, just with how they they can, they, we train or teach them to interact with horses, you know? Yeah. So we're, we're not a lesson barn. We don't quote unquote teach kids how to, it's not a riding facility. They do ride, but we just utilize the horses as a tool to give these kids hope and healing and, uh, simply give them something to look forward to during the week. So we work with all aspects of hurt and trauma from, uh, youth that ha- are in a home with both parents and great Christian household, but they're still struggling with anxiety. Yeah. They're still struggling with depression or uh, suicidal thoughts and or multiple attempted suicidal suicide uh, attemptings and um, to group homes that come down rescued out of sex trafficking from Portland and um, everything in between homeless youth. And um, we just get to love and accept these kids and, uh, you know, kind of number one goal is keep them alive. Number two, for the most part, is lead them to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's powerful and it's happening. And it's not because of us. We're we're just walking. You know, we <laughs> are asking the Lord to lead us and to protect the ranch. And um, it's been pretty incredible to watch him do his work and the, have community come alongside us and get on board with our mission. Um And yeah, we started with uh, about 10 kids in the program. Right now we have about 60 families that come out on a weekly basis and uh, maybe 75 to 100 families on our waiting list right now. What I love about your story, you know, people can be fake. Hey, hey, Justin, how are you? And I can be fake. And, but a horse demands trust. No, for sure. And I, (laughs) and no one's, you know, these kids that are broken. I mean, we all were human beings. We don't necessarily trust easily. Mm-hmm. But a horse demands trust. Like you need to ca- teach a kid, a young man or young woman, how to respect the horse and build trust. That's foundational. That's pretty amazing. And what how that transforms them into, well, themselves and then to other people. But wow, because we as people don't always demand trust. I need to trust mm-hmm. you like all. Yeah. Yeah. And and horses feel, they, they sense emotion, not... Hey, I love you, or whatever. They they can feel what's really true. Yeah, you can't fake it with a horse. And um, horses are prey animals. Like everything is going to kill them unless they trust you. There's no in between. 
And uh, that's just kind of how their brain works. And uh, if they're out in the wild, they're always on alert, right? And um, <laughs> it's hard to explain, but it's uh, it's it's very very powerful. Yeah. So probably. Um, so the one thing about our program is the kids and youth uh, get to really decide and have a choice of what they do on the ranch when they come. Mm-hmm. So our program looks like it's a, it's long-term mentorship. So it's one, two, and three-year programs. Okay. And um, they come out for one hour a week with a consistent mentor that they get to build a relationship with. And uh, they get to choose what they do on the ranch. We don't have this detailed layout of exactly, you know, what's going to happen because really it's all in God's plan. You know, we can't. We can't design that. And so we get to ask them, hey, what do you want to do today? And, you know, often they're like, oh, it doesn't really matter. You know, we can work with a horse. That's okay. And we're like, no, listen, you get to have a voice right now. Yeah. What do you want to do? And um, that's pretty, that's a powerful thing to, to give to the kids, we think. And mm-hmm. um, probably 75% of the time it's horse related. Yeah. We have other programs. Uh, we have an art program and little art studio on the property and, Sometimes it's just walk and talk. Sometimes it's sit in the hay and, you know, pet a cat and just talk. The biggest thing is, you know, giving the kids something to distract them and to give them something to do with their hands while you're talking. And, you know, maybe they don't have to make eye contact with you and they're just grooming a horse or Mm -hmm. coloring or doing diamond art or whatever, petting a dog or playing fetch or whatever. And you can have those conversations or just walking and talking outside uh, where it's kind of a distraction and they really open up and often can go deep in their life and, um, and they don't even realize it, you know, it's, Yeah. uh, yeah. You guys have created a safe space. Uh, I like how you say the word distraction. You distract Mm -hmm. them from their life to give them something busy to do, whether it's riding a horse, brushing a horse, uh, whatever project it is. And the natural conversation just comes up and whatever happens, happens. So the question, you you only allow 12 to 16-year-olds, number one, what is the – you have 75 to 100 people on the waiting list. What's that look like? Is that yeah. you guys want to grow bigger by different ranches? Yeah. What's the future? Well, um, so our entire program is offered at no cost to our families. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get to come and enjoy the ranch with no expectations and f- no financial giving mm-hmm. at all. So mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many, you know, interviews or parent intake sessions we've had with, or, you know, phone calls and wow, we, my granddaughter or, my daughter or my son would, uh, we could benefit so much from this ranch, but we could never afford something like this. And we get to tell them, no, listen, you can just come. And Mm -hmm. this is free. They're like, nothing's free. There's gotta be some, you know, behind the scenes expectations. You know, how often do I have to volunteer or something? We're like, listen, you come, you enjoy the ranch. You don't, don't ever feel obligated to give us a dime or to volunteer or anything like we got this and they just break down in tears, you know, and, um, it's a blessing to be able to do that. So at the very beginning, my wife, um, she had a vision and she didn't want financial, uh, finance finances to be a barrier for families to come. Um, and so we work hard within the community to raise funds Mm -hmm. and we do different fundraisers and we're getting some grants now and, um, to helping us uh, be able to keep it at no cost. So yeah. we last year, one of the bigger uh, additions to the ranch is we hired a parent mentor. So the first couple of years, um, just talking with the parents and stuff, man, these parents, 
they need help too. You know, they need help too. We can help the kids all we want, but if we're not helping the parents also and sending them back home, then we're not doing as much as we could be doing. So by having a parent mentor on site and a nice office for her and, um, has been just a game changer, just a, mm. an unbelievable addition. And these parents will sit and talk to Deb and just be break down in tears, you know, more and be like, I didn't know how much I needed this. I didn't know how much I just needed to talk and vent and, you know, we can give them different resources. And we partner with just about every other organization in the Willamette Valley here where we have overlapping missions, you know, we are all on referral bases and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. So it's a, it's a team effort. It's a, it takes a whole tribe and team to do what we're doing. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's not us, it's not Emmy and I, it's, uh, it's the whole community and people that help us. So. Wow. And and the sky's limit, wherever God wants to take this, it looks like there's plenty of people waiting and. Yeah. So like you, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Like you said uh, about our waiting list and whatnot right now, our ranch, uh, we are working, we're operating at approximately one third our capacity. So we have room to grow. Um, I, I don't want to say what's holding us back is nothing's, you know, it's all cause it's all in God's timing. Like God has a plan for us. God has a plan for the ranch, but, um, it's comes down to finances, you know, being able mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. care for more horses. You know, we have nine horses right now. Next Tuesday, we're getting another one, um, slowly growing our herd, um, slowly getting more staff. So we have nine staff on, on board right now mm-hmm. on the property. And, um, we have about 50 volunteers and about half of them come out on a regular basis. And hmm. I only feed the horses one day a month. I mean, one day a week, you know, I only feed the horses Monday mornings right now. It's, it's incredible. And, <laughs> um, uh, we, at the, the barn, um, we have volunteers there seven days a week and, uh, we operate the program Monday through Friday. Yeah. Um, mostly in the PM typically sessions start around one o'clock, go till six or seven o'clock. Um, we do have six different programs, like including archery and stuff like that. I do archery right now with three dads and their daughters and, um, yeah, just trying to utilize the ranch to, to our best ability and also just rely on God with his timing. Like he, he's got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, a, yeah. it's as simple as that. So you and Emmy have come together in really full faith and maybe it was some of her strength that maybe you didn't have early on. I don't know, as you were just doing your thing and working construction, but how God's worked through your wife to, you know, through pain and suffering, yeah. but to grow your marriage, grow your ministry, and really trust in the Lord because you're saying, hey, it's God's timing, not yours. And you've said that a few times. It's not about you. It's about God's timing. But you and Emmy surrendering and volunteering your lives to minister to broken kids. It's awesome. For sure. Hey, if people want to get involved with what you guys are doing and really come out and visit, like what we're doing for the first time too, is going out today and visiting yep. uh, the ranch. What would they need to do? How would they get a hold of you? And and uh, so we we have a great website, um, Acres of Hope Youth Ranch dot org. Uh, we're here just outside of West Salem. Um, we do different fundraisers throughout the year. Um, actually, coming up on June third, we're having our biggest event of the year at the barn. It's a big. Uh, we call it the barn party. Um, just a time to, uh, the, um, we're calling it come and see, 
is uh, just come and see what the Lord has done over the mm-hmm. last year and uh, hear some stories, uh, barbecue dinner, live professional cowboy auction, um, just to help us raise some funds and really spread the word about Acres of Hope. And I tell everybody, you know, it takes a it takes a whole village and just to be a word for us in the community and not forget about us out there. And um, if anybody has a heart for hurting youth or they know somebody that could utilize the ranch or just volunteer, um, just get on our website. We have a volunteer application. We have a full-time volunteer coordinator that heads that all up. And um, there's also a donate tab. Every little bit helps. One of our goals this year is to increase our monthly donor base. Those are funds that we can rely on, you know, $10 a month, $25 a month. It all adds up and um, yeah, or just pray, just Mm. pray for us. Keep us in your thoughts. Keep a note in your Bible, acres of hope, Uh, talk to talk, about us at your Bible studies or whatever. Um, praying is another way that we ask the community. So, um, yep. Wow. That's a lot, man. Well, I'm excited to learn more and I've known about you guys for a while, but you know, it takes effort and energy to show up and go see what you guys are doing. Uh, the June 3rd event sounds like, and it's for anybody. The June it 3rd is for anybody. It is open to the public. There is a, it is RSVP only. It's going to be assigned seating. Um, it's live on our website right now, the registry form. Yeah. You can come just individual or you can host a whole table. Yeah. Um, last year, approximately 30 out of our 40 tables or 40 plus tables uh, were local businesses that supported us. Um, and honestly, last year we raised about $90,000 that night and, uh, it is just so humbling and, um, confirming when our community comes alongside us like that and, and supports us. So it's a big event. Last year we had about 350 seated guests in the dirt, in the arena. Love it. And, um, yeah, it's a, it is a fun time. It's it's a good time. Yep. Well, Hey, we're going to wrap up this podcast. you know, we talked about a lot. I mean, I, I know a lot more about you and your heart and your passion. Um, yeah. Is there anything left on your heart that you just want to share? Have we covered it all? What's that look like? And then we'll wrap up. You know, uh, one of the biggest things I've been working on the last two years, um, like I briefly said before, is listening to God's voice. And what does that even mean and what does that look like? Hmm. So um, me... I want to say every morning, but you know, it's not every single morning, but as often as I can, you know, I start the morning off with asking the Lord to guide me and speak to me during the day. Mm -hmm. So Lord, just speak to me and, you know, acknowledging what that looks like. So for me, it's a whisper, like it's a whisper or a thought, you know, standing in the grocery line and I hear, you know, buy that person's groceries. Hmm. or just pray for that person. And you know what? Or, you know, I recently was uh, at the local meat market in Independence here, and there was this mom and a young daughter, and um, I heard her say to her mom, Mom, do we have enough money for this? I heard her say that just, you know, Hmm. off my back shoulder, and the Lord told me, you know, buy their groceries. And you know what? I didn't do it. I didn't do it because I was – scared or felt awkward or whatnot, you know, and, um, I regret that because I had a, an, an ability and there was a, a certain unique situation there where 
you know, I had a chance to speak into their lives. And uh, I think, and I'm cool with sharing that because it's real. You know, we're men and we're normal humans and we screw up and yes. we're, we're broken just as much as everybody else is. And um, But acknowledging what those whispers mean. And I've come to the conclusion, if it is positive and it has the ability to lead me or anyone else closer to the Lord, then it's his voice. And to me, it's, it's a whisper. And, um, I would just encourage other people to think about what that means for them, because we have the ability as humans to change people's lives with such small effort, Mm. you know, change the entire trajectory of somebody's life, possibly, you know, generational by a simple interaction. And it is the small things that count for me. It is the small things like, you know, those examples I gave and, uh, yeah. What does that look like for you to listen Mm. to the Lord and to be an example in your community? You know, it's simple. It is simple, it is easy, but it takes us all stepping out of our comfort zone a little bit, Yeah, you know? Well, it's a great testimony. You know, you're right. We don't do it perfectly. We mess it up. And the fact that we're being transparent about that, where, where yeah. do I screw up and where do I not listen to God's whisper to me? And same, um, yeah. I'm an impatient guy. My, my nature is very impatient and I want what I want. And realizing being patient is walking by means of the spirit. Well, Justin, I really appreciate your transparency, your love for the Lord, your wife, your kids, your ministry. I can't wait to see what God does uh, through you yeah. and you give him the glory. So yeah. thank thanks you. For come, yeah. Thanks for thank coming. Thank you. Thanks for the time. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to have you. And thank you for your listeners out there that listen each week. Uh, this is a great story that I'd love to have you share. Get involved with Acres of Hope. Get involved with, if not Acres of Hope, Get involved with the ministry, you know, giving back uh, what God has given to you. So thank you, and uh, we'll see you next week.